Good morning and welcome to episode 49 of Beating Around the Bush podcast. The Beating Around the Bush, Bush podcast is simply an extension of my column that appears weekly in the Carol Newsletter and are simply my observations, my opinions, and the usual ramblings of an old sports writer. This episode is entitled, Somebody Call Maintenance, The Tornado Sirens Have Stopped Working. Yes, the Huntington Mustangs played in Union City this past Friday night, and man, what a weekend, especially a weekend for a sports fan uh, such as myself, who uh, not only got to enjoy a Mustang win last Friday night over the Tornadoes, hence the title. Also, I got up Saturday morning pretty early and drove to Knoxville, Tennessee to watch what is rapidly becoming one of the best college football teams in the nation. And we'll talk about all of that as we go along this morning. But first, let's start going uh, back to the Union City uh, game this past Friday night. And the Mustangs uh, went to Union City with the second place, or with second place, on the line in Region 7-2A. Same scenario as last year. I mean, you go back and you look at what happened last year. Uh, Mustangs, just to recap some of the things that we've talked about in the last few weeks. Uh, Mustangs, 7-2 uh, and two going into that game against Union City. The two losses had come to McKenzie. That was out of region. And into Westview, out uh, or for first place, what it amounted to at the time, uh, to Westview. Same identical situation as last year. Hayden loses to McKenzie, loses to Westview in that matchup in Martin. This year they lose in Huntington. So it came down to the fact that they had to beat Union City to avoid a first-round trip to Memphis. And to me, that was the biggest thing on the line. Uh, but I think it goes a little, a little beyond that. But we'll talk about that as we go along. But uh, Mustangs faced a little bit better team, or well, I should say probably a whole lot better team than what we saw in Union City uh, last year. Mustangs won easily over Union City last year at Huntington to claim second. Now, Union City was a young football team. Uh, last year had a lot of sophomores and juniors playing, uh, predominantly sophomores, and uh, they were in a learning process. But again, so were the Mustangs. And they won that game easily last year. This year, it wasn't as easy. Uh, Mustangs did win 27-20. to 20, And for the second week in a row, had to come back uh, from being behind to win a football game. And for the second week in a row, uh, that offense that over the years has been a ground and pound type offense and one that when you uh, know Huntington football, there's no way they can score uh, or go the distance of the field or a long distance on a football field to score with very little time left on the clock. Well, for the second week in a row, the Mustangs did that. And we'll talk about all that here in just a second. But uh, Union City came into that game 8-1. and one. That's the only difference from last year. And uh, Mustangs faced, a, again, a real good Union City team. Union City... Uh, still kind of running that veer or read option. Uh, it was kind of, you know, a combination of both, if you ask me. 
but uh, they did a very good job. Of it probably ran the ball uh, between the tackles against Huntington uh, this past Friday night, probably better than anybody has all season. Uh, that's been one of the strengths of Huntington's defense. Uh, those kids up front, uh, you know, big sweat. Uh, boy, he's he, he's played well this year, but Elijah Flowers and 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 Austin Bird, uh, those three down linemen, uh, they have they have done a fantastic job against the run uh, to this point in the season. And uh, Union City ran the ball real well this past Friday night against the Mustangs. Ended up with 285 yards rushing on the game, but. What was interesting about that stat, and I'm a stat guy, if you know me well enough, you already know that, but Union City had 214 yards rushing in the first half. So the Mustangs made adjustments in the second half and uh, held Union City to only 71 yards on the ground in the second half. Union City only threw two passes in a game. Both of those were caught, one by Union City, one by Huntington. And we'll tell you the story on all that uh, here in just a few minutes. But uh, Mustangs started out, you know, that's kind of been uh, the way it's gone the last couple of weeks or last three weeks or so, and, and even back to the Milan game, uh, even to the Westview game. So you could say the last four games for sure, Mustangs have started a little slow out of the gate. You know, against Milan, they trailed uh, – 21 to 19 at the half. And, and they got down early in that game and fought their way back to get it within those two points at the half. And then against uh, Westview, they got behind uh, 14 to nothing right off the bat and trailed 21 to seven at the half of that game and then tied it up late with three minutes left in the game at 27. And then against Trenton, uh, went down seven to nothing. And uh, uh, we're behind, I think, 14 to 7 a little bit later on in that game and, and came back and took the lead at the half and went on to win that game by 13 points. Well, this past week, they got down 14 uh, to nothing to Union City. Union City started their first drive of the game as Mustangs have, and I, I wish I could have written this down. Well, I could probably go back and look. But I haven't done that uh, for this podcast anyway, and I might do it for a little bit later on. But the Mustangs won the toss. They've won the last several, and, and they've chosen to defer to the second half. Now, that's that's just a, a philosophy that some coaches uh, look at differently, and I understand both ends of it. Some like to have the football first, you know, so they can make a statement with their offense. Uh, some like to start the second half with the football, and that's why you defer – and I think with Coach Swenson's mentality or, or his philosophy so far this season, he would rather have the ball to start the second half. And it's really uh, played out well for the Mustangs, especially the last two weeks, uh, because they have scored just before the half. And then they have taken the second half kickoff and scored uh, both times. And that's kind of like having the ball, you know, two consecutive possessions. And, and it is. You just got halftime in between. So that's really helped the Mustangs as far as uh, momentum goes. But this past week, they deferred, as I just mentioned. They have several times here lately. And Union City, great kickoff coverage by the Mustangs, by the way, in this entire football game. Uh, 
But Union City had to start at their own 13. Well, they went, they went those 77 uh, yards in, uh, well, I guess it'd be 87, wouldn't it? Yeah, if you do the math. But it'd be 87 yards and went in nine plays. Now, they had, they had a couple penalties uh, against Mustangs. Well, they had one offside penalty as I look at my notes. But uh, they ended up scoring on a 46-yard touchdown run by Keaton Brown. That was the quarterback, number 12. Uh, good-looking athlete, tall, uh, had some thickness to him, and he, he did a, a fantastic job running football all night long uh, Friday night. Turned out to be their leading rusher uh, for the game. I know from the first half he had 65 yards on 11 carries in just the first half. Well, they score, go up 7 to nothing, and then this is kind of the same script we had last week against Trenton. Went down on Trenton's first position. They score, uh, kick the extra point. We get the football, have to punt. Same thing against Union City. And Union City or Trenton, going back to that game, they threw an interception. We got the ball back, scored tied at 7-7. Well, we recovered a fumble after our punt against Union City. This is where the game shine was a little different than the Trenton game because we fumbled it right back. Now, that's one thing that we have done very good job of this year is taking care of the football. So that was a rare, a rare situation where uh, we fumbled the football. But uh, Union City, uh, they took advantage of that. They uh, ran the ball down the field and scored in 10 plays, starting at their own 30 after that fumble recovery. Well, they didn't score. I'm sorry. I'm looking at my notes. They they ran out of downs at the Mustang three-yard line. So the Mustang defense hailed uh, at this point. We're in the second quarter now. The Mustangs then drove the ball down the field. And, uh, you know, I got to reading some stuff last night and, and something I haven't done in a long time. And I don't know why I did it last night. Just maybe I got bored after a long trip back from Knoxville, Tennessee. But I read a little thing on Coach T, some of the comments that were made and all this kind of stuff. And uh, this is one of the com- – they, they talked about the officiating uh, Friday night. But that seems to be a common theme on every game, uh, every Friday night, is the officiating. But this past Friday night, you can take it or leave it. But Hayden had to start from their own three. Uh, went to the passing game a lot Friday night. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But they completed a pass to uh, C.J. Palinero, one of my favorite players on this football team. A completion of 36 yards. Uh, it got tackled at the Union City 11. Uh, they ruled that he fumbled. C.J. jumped up signaling, hey, I fumbled when I was down. And I, I didn't get a good enough look at it. I was actually... Of course, I'm, a, I'm taking pictures, and sometimes uh, when you're taking pictures, you really don't get a good of a look a, as you want to, and the frames I shot on that particular play uh, didn't give me any idea where he fumbled or not, but it, it doesn't matter. They said he did. You, you can argue either way, but then Union City takes that ball, and they run it down the field, and they score on a one-yard run, and now they're up 14 to nothing. Gage Smith on that touchdown run. Uh, they're running back. So here the Mustangs are. Uh, they're in a little bit of trouble. I really felt like at this point they were in trouble. Man, don't ever count this football team out. This football team uh, has some resilience. 
There's a bunch of tough old country boys on this football team. I, I love them. I, I love this team last year. I love this one also. I mean, it's just the mentality, the way they never quit. They never panic. They just keep doing uh, what their coaches have taught them to do. They have bought into what uh, Coach Swenson and his staff have instilled in this group of young men, and they play football. Well, they get the ball back in, in a great run here on a kickoff return by Ashton Hutcherson. A 33-yard return is what I had written down in my notes. And then a face mask penalty at the end of that. So you add 15 more yards. Huntington's got the ball to 36-yard line of Union City with only 24 seconds left in a half. And before the Trenton game, I would have said impossibility because Huntington has never been known to be, with the exception of just every now and then, a passing team. Well, they had uh, like 64 yards to go against Trenton and 19 seconds left or 15 seconds left and scored. Well, here they've got 36 yards to go, 24 seconds left, and they're still in the back of your mind a little bit. That's a lot of yards to cover in 24 seconds when you're not known as a throwing football team. Well, <laughs> Gray Eubanks, when you have him at quarterback, that solves a lot of problems in a lot of different areas of a football game because the young man can throw a football. He is, to me, the ultimate leader uh, of any football team that I've ever watched. Just the way he carries himself, just the way he plays, and I keep mentioning it over and over, but he's a fantastic football player. Well, first of all, Hutchinson on the return, then the penalty. First play. 24-yard pass to C.J. Palinero. And now we're at the 12-yard line. And then Eubanks rolls just right, looking for someone to throw it to. Nobody there. And he tucks it, runs it in with 1.7 seconds left and a half. That's Gray Eubanks. Uh, he might have could have thrown the ball. Possibly he might have had to, he probably had to squeeze it in somewhere. But he made the right decision here, and with his speed and his athletic ability, he gets the ball in the end zone. We missed the extra point, and we're down 14 to 6 at the half, when realistically, you could say, well, we should have been down 14 to nothing. Well, we get the ball to start the second half. Remember that coin toss. This is where it plays in, two weeks in a row. Uh, the momentum has, has switched sidelines. With that late score right before the half, for the Mustangs, they score right before the half, and they get the ball to start the second half. And they get a short kickoff. Union City did not have a kid that, you know, he did okay on his extra points, although he missed one, or we had, we blocked one. And uh, it turns out that didn't make a difference. Thought it was going to at the time. But uh, he he didn't kick the ball deep all night. And when he did, like before the half, when Aiden Hutchinson returned it, or Ashton Hutchinson, returned it uh, 33 yards. So they kind of kept it short. So we got the ball in good field position most of the time after a kickoff. Uh, fair catch. On this kickoff, we get the ball to 44-yard line, our 44-yard line, 56 yards to cover. And we do that in 10 plays. But here's what's impressive about those 10 plays. Four or five of those 10 plays 
four were completions, but they were from the passing game. We threw the ball twice in that first half, completed both of them, and now Gray Eubanks completes four or five passes for 51 yards on this drive, and the last four is a pretty play. I mean, well-designed, and it was uh, Ash Ashton Hutchison coming out of the backfield, and it's just a little swing pass uh, from Eubanks to Hutchison, but it was well-designed, and Union City had no idea uh, how to cover this play. Hutchison catches the ball, four yards, touchdown, and then Eubanks runs into the two-point conversion, and now we're tied at 14, when just a few minutes ago, and you add in halftime, it's longer than that, but at 14 to 14 now, well, Union City turns it over on downs, uh, drove the ball to midfield, turns it over on downs, gives us gives the ball to us in great field position. Uh, they actually had a fourth and two and lost a yard as the Mustang defense now has made those adjustments and they get the football back at Union City's 49-yard line. Well, we ran five plays. Two of those were pass completions for 17 yards to Elijah Flowers and to C.J. Pelinero. Third quarter ends, and we have the ball at third uh, 22-yard line. And first play of the fourth quarter, Gray Eubanks runs the ball in from 22 yards out. We Again, we go for two, does, do not make it, and it's 20 to 14. This game is completely changed from a Union City 14 to nothing lead down to a 20 to 14 Mustang lead. Well, Union City's a good football team. Uh, they didn't quit. They came back on the very next drive, and they go 75 yards and score on a 22-yard pass play. The only pass they had attempted up to this point. In the first half, Union City actually ran 31 plays uh, to our 17. Well, that kind of changed in the second half because we ran 27 plays to their 17. So uh, we'll flip the script on them a little bit. We did that through our defense. But they, the only pass they threw all night, and I kept saying, actually told a couple people on the sideline, one of them being my wife, it's always uh, helping me take pictures and stuff, or she's there taking pictures of school. And uh, uh, I said, right here, I said, they're going to don't look for the pass because they've, they've been running the football at us all night, kind of got us sucked in, and watch, watch what they do here. They did. They threw the football. And wide open, uh, Simpson kid caught it for 22 yards. Then the extra point was blocked. And we're tied at 20. And we got a ball game. You're, you're thinking, well, possibly overtime here. Free football for you fans. Well, Hangton, and you really start thinking this when Hangton got the football. He got it to throw on 42. Great field position, but he ended up punting. And then I told... uh. Cody Edwards, he's the SRO officer at the high school. He's always on the sidelines, part of his duties as the SRO. And he he was uh, uh, standing there by me, and I said, man, right here would be a good time. Uh, after Huntington punted, Union City got the ball to their own 19. <coughs> I said, right here would be a good chance 
or good opportunity for a turnover. It had one in a while. And no more than I had gotten that out of my mouth than uh, a fumble. <laughs> a fumble and uh, eight yards behind the line of scrimmage after they gained six on first down. And Huntington recovers. And I looked over at Cody, and he just, he, he was speechless. He didn't know what to say. I, I look like a genius. But we get to Baltimore's 17-yard line. And Gray Eubanks, with 2.57 left in the game, uh, runs the ball in from uh, four yards away. Cole Chafin, who struggled uh, earlier, kicks through the extra point, which was big at the time because it gives you a seven-point lead. And then um, here's Union City gets the ball back. Still got plenty of time to tie it. Still looking at maybe possible overtime. But, no, didn't happen because – uh, the, they run for minus one yard, and they were going to stick to the ground game. But then they decided, hey, second 11, we got to do something with time running down. Uh, we got to do something different. And they did. They attempted a pass. And uh, Keaton Brown drops back to pass. And here's, to me, one of the best plays of the game. Austin Bird, because I got a great picture of it. Austin Bird uh, converging on him and and was only a few feet away from him. He had to throw the football. He threw it off his back foot. And Bird pressured him into a bad throw. And the ball was picked off downfield by Brady Warbritton, who made a great return uh, back up to the 38 of uh, Union City. Hayden uh, just runs four plays, run out the clock, and walk away with a 27-20 win. Another great effort by by an outstanding group of kids. I I just love watching them play. I, they really know how to play the game the right way. And uh, uh, this coaching staff is doing a tremendous job. Uh, just, it's, it's just everything's working. Uh, who knows what's uh, going to happen. But anyway, as we get into the playoffs, Huntington will now face Memphis Mitchell, same team they played last year in the first round of the playoffs. And this is where it'll get different after this if Huntington can win that football game, and I think they can. Uh, Mitchell comes in at six and four, uh, so they're they're not they're not that bad. They've uh, they've had some success in the past, and uh, Huntington, this will be the third time that these two teams have played. They split both games, uh, one and one going into Friday night. But uh, if Huntington can win that game, they'll play the winner of Camden and Memphis fairly. And let's pull for Camden win because Camden win, Huntington will play at home the following Friday. But if Fairley wins, then we go back to Memphis again uh, for a return trip. So a lot of football still to be played. Second season is beginning uh, this Friday night. I want to transition a little bit to start with because I did, as I mentioned earlier, I made a trip to Knoxville. Uh, it's been a while since I've been up there. Probably four years now since I've been to a football game uh, at the University of Tennessee. And I want to take my wife, who's from Ohio originally, uh, Ohio State fan, but I wanted her to experience uh, game day at the University of Tennessee. And she agreed afterwards that I knew what I was talking about. It's an experience that's unique, uh, I think, to a lot of different places in the entire country. It is uh, the atmosphere. I uh, had good seats, uh, was in that south end zone, section in, and was up high enough that you could see the field real well. Uh, 
even when they were on the other end, you know, that's one of the disadvantages of being the end zone because when they're in the other end of the field, it's not as, uh, it's harder to see the game. Uh, but it was, we were up high enough that you could see uh, fairly decent and uh, wasn't too high that uh, it took away from the experience either. Probably just about right as far as uh, being able to see the game. But uh, Tennessee it came into that game, you know, of course, ranked number three in the nation. Kentucky came in ranked 19th in the nation and quarterback that uh, a lot of people are projecting to go in the first round in the NFL draft, Will Levis. And that is, and, and I thought, to be honest with you, Tennessee ends up winning 44 to six, 44 to six. And there was one play minds, minds me of the uh, uh, Eubanks to flowers connection that uh, they've ran about 10 times this year. Nobody is, covered it yet, and they've completed it about every time uh, down the middle of the field. But they ran a play uh, twice the other night, scored on it both times, where uh, you have Height, Jalen Height, the wide receiver, who now has broken the Tennessee record for touchdowns in a season, and Cedric Tillman uh, lined up outside. Uh, Tennessee scored on this play to start the game. But there's side by side, and one of them cuts in, and the other one goes deep with a kind of a double move. And both times, uh, the guy that was supposed to cover Height uh, going deep uh, got lost somewhere. Height was wide open to start the game as Tennessee completed a pass for about 50-something yards for a touchdown. Later on, they completed the same play uh, for a touchdown. But I'm going to tell you, uh, just uh, – and I had tears in my eyes. My, my wife actually sent my daughters a text saying, your dad's already cried twice. and The game hadn't even started yet. I'm just kind of an emotional type guy. It's, I can't help it sometimes. But – Right before the game, we did the national anthem and all that kind of stuff. And uh, they had the flyover of the two F-14s or whatever they are. But that was, I mean, it came from behind me. And I didn't realize they were doing it until they flew over. Man, that, that got to me. I said, that was, that was one of the coolest things that I've seen. And then later on, those two guys were down on the field. Uh, they recognized those two guys, and they're both uh, Tennessee graduates or something close to that thing, but they're Tennessee fans anyway, or from that area. And uh, they were wearing uh, orange shirts underneath their fatigues, but all, constantly throughout the game, they were recognizing former national champions and former SEC champions, you know, recognized the SEC uh, baseball team from last year that won SEC championship. And among that is a native from Hayden, Hunter Inslee. That was cool. And the basketball team last year won SEC championship tournament. And, there was that area that had the Kentucky fans over to your right, and the basketball team went over there and recognized the Kentucky fans. A little, you know, a little gamesmanship, but hey, that's who they had to beat to win the SEC championship, and uh, they kind of rubbed it in a little bit. But it was all in fun, and it was pretty cool. Uh, but they did that out throughout the game. Uh, no telling how many times I was keeping up with it at one time, but uh, lost count. The times it's saying Rocky Top, uh, but the place was loud, not as loud as it was against Alabama. They kept putting a decibel thing up on the scoreboard or on the uh, jumbotron, and never quite reached uh, what they did against Alabama. But uh, decibel level got up to hundred over hundred and five a couple of times, and uh, kneeling kneeling loud as they call it is average of a hundred. So they they stayed over that. Gave Kentucky a lot of trouble. Uh, Will Levis, that quarterback that might go in the first round, had less than 100 yards passing. Tennessee shut them completely down. 
defensively, uh, Tennessee has struggled against the pass this year. They didn't struggle against Kentucky. They completely dominated uh, Kentucky defensively. And I actually told my wife this. You know, I actually didn't think Tennessee played as well offensively as they could have. And they scored 44 points. Because there was a couple of drives where they had some mistakes, uh, had some penalties, and uh, kind of got behind the chains a little bit and messed them up. But, they, man, they, they that, that's a good football team. And I'm not just saying that uh, because I'm a Tennessee homer. I'm saying that because I, I recognize good teams when I see them. And uh, I don't consider myself an, a Paul Feinbaum or anything that's an expert on all this kind of stuff, but that, that's a good football team. And, uh, man, you know, well, I guess we're going to find out how really good they are uh, come this Saturday because they're going to be playing honestly, and I'll say it here because I can but Georgia's probably a better football team. But is that does that mean Tennessee can't win? No, it does not, because Alabama at the time was a better football team. But it was a great experience. Uh, just just being in that atmosphere again got me got me revved up. And man, I'm looking forward to Saturday. I'm putting off I, no farm chores for me, and uh, we're going to enjoy a football game this Saturday. But we're going to look at playoffs coming up this Friday night, and we're going to talk about those next week on our podcast. And that's going to do it for me today. Hope you're still listening. Hope you tell your uh, brothers and sisters and whoever you can about this podcast because I think it's pretty good stuff. But we'll see you next week.